Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 206 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Ryan, Trey, and Adam here with you tonight for another part of our CFL draft preview. The draft is just around the corner. Uh, last week, we previewed the East Division. This week, we'll take a look at the teams out West, what kind of things they, uh, which way they're trending, possible picks they could be looking at, strategies for them for the draft this year. We're going to break that all down here today. We're also going to count down our top five West Division draft picks from the past decade. At the end of the show, get into some news and notes uh, from around the league here also uh, right at the beginning. Uh, and we are live on a variety of different platforms, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, all thanks to our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV, which you can learn more about at GameTimeTV.ca. We'll take your comments. We'll take your questions in our live chat throughout the night, so make sure you put those there uh as well thank you for joining us before we go any further we do always want to acknowledge that the canadian football countdown is brought to you from treaty one territory traditional territory of the anishinaabe cree oja cree dakota and dene peoples and the homeland of the metis nation as well as from treaty four territory traditional territory of the cree soto dakota lakota nakota and metis nation First up, let's bring in the man. Uh, let's go to Adam first here. He's got his uh, his, his fancy CFL hat on. Uh, traded in the Riders green. Uh, at one point, you traded in for Argos blue, and uh, now you've got the neutral CFL hat. How are you doing tonight, Adam? I'm doing good. I mean, you know, you can't be biased, and especially when we're talking West Division. So you know what? I figured, hey, I better go and wear the Rider hat tonight, and uh, or sorry, the CFL hat tonight. And uh, make sure that I'm not looking too overly biased, especially when my top five list comes out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's the trick, is how do you build a top five list without letting the biases show? We'll see if any of us accomplish that here tonight as well. And uh, joining us here, as always, also is, you can see it on his hat, Mr. Manitoba himself, Trey sure. Goldbeck. How are you doing tonight? Doing fantastic. Already had one podcast today that I got to complain about stuff. So uh, let's see if we can have another one. You know, it's always good. <laughs> it's always the goal, right? Always the yeah, goal. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk a lot about uh, the West Division teams for the CFL draft, uh, which is coming up, uh, like I said, I believe May 2nd. So this upcoming Tuesday is the CFL draft. Uh, TSN is going to have broadcast coverage of the CFL draft, but uh, one thing they're not going to have broadcast coverage of as much as anticipated this year is the CFL preseason with uh, TSN announcing and the CFL announcing that uh, the, originally they had four games on the schedule for the preseason this, uh, this year. Uh, they've now dropped two of them. Uh, the Toronto Argonauts and Hamilton Tiger Cats and the BC Lions and Saskatchewan Rough Riders preseason games dropped from the schedule. So, you know, two weeks, three weeks, uh, I think it's like two and a bit normally. Each team gets two preseason games. We're only seeing two in total from across the league this year. Uh, Adam, you want to bring up this topic at the start of the show here tonight. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? It's just crazy. I mean, how in the world do you say, okay, we are going to go and do two games. We're going to broadcast two games. Uh, here's our fancy-looking CFL schedule in here. We're broadcasting everything this year. We're going to broadcast even an extra two uh, CFL preseason games. And then you say, nah, don't think so. I understand preseason isn't the most sexiest of things to watch. Uh, 
But that being said, you've got a Winnipeg Saskatchewan game in there. That one is going to get broadcasted. But, you know, I'd really like to see what the PC Lions have and how the riders stack up to them, maybe. I would really love to see how some of these other teams stack up in the uh, in the divisions. And, you know, like, what in the world, TSN? You're the main sponsor. You're the main guys. You're the only guys that have the CFL rights. Give us the game, if you could, please. I mean, does it take so much to send a crew out there even send an inexperienced play-by-play guy and a color guy and just, you know, do a basic a basic video of it. That's all we want, just to watch some CFL. It's been a long offseason, and now it's a little longer. Uh, Trey, what are your thoughts? See, my, my only thought is I wonder how much this actually has to do with just TSN because the gate revenue for a preseason game for some of these teams might – be substantial enough. I, I do they really care if it's televised? Like you know what I mean? Do the bombers and rough riders really care if this game is televised? Does do they really care? No, they want the fans to actually come out. Now it could be part TSN, but I think the CFL is not complaining about it. I don't think the CFL is doing like angry about it, obviously. Um yeah, you would like to see all the games, but at the same time, you know, Saturday afternoons is baseball season you got i don't know what else you might have like, it, there's a lot else going on but for the lumberjack competition going on that day then you know that's going to scratch some heads right or summer curling i think we can be okay without that i don't know is there some world junior tournament that goes on in june i don't know but like there's probably going to be nothing going on um there's going to be an epic darts competition and the boys over yeah. this podcast were telling me all about it yeah so that's uh that's my point. What's going to be on there? Like if like I, I thought maybe it lined up with the UFC. It doesn't. There's a couple other things I thought it might line up with that would make sense. So I really don't know why they're doing this unless it's literally like I said, the teams or something were like, oh, we're not selling tickets. We want people to come out because it was what were the two games again that got dropped? It was uh, Hamilton and Toronto and BC and Saskatchewan. Hmm. See, because the Hamilton in Toronto, Toronto probably doesn't want the game televised because they want. Well, the it's it's in Hamilton. Oh, it's Hamilton. Oh, it's in Hamilton and in Hamilton. Saskatchewan. So, see, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird, Ryan. What do you think? Yeah, to me, I mean, it's probably comes down to a money thing, right? The the cost that you got to pay all the employees to put on the preseason broadcast does it make TSN enough money back? Do they get enough ratings where it's worth it? I mean. Not going to lie, TSN's five channels, half the things on there. Do they get enough ratings for it to be worth it? Um, you know, like uh, they don't have a lot of the broadcast deals that used to have. I know they've got the NBA. They've got MLS, I think, some of it. Although, no, that's off to Apple TV and, now, right? MLS, and, and they share basketball with Rogers. Like that's one of those things they share with them too. So it's not fully NBA. Yeah, and, and yeah. Um, you know they've got they've got NFL going in, in the fall, but at this time of year they don't have that either. They lost the NHL playoff rights. Uh, you know, while while Sportsnet's going to be out there broadcasting the NHL, uh, yeah, I would love to see CFL broadcast these preseason game broadcasts on, on on TSN. You know, it is preseason; they're not thrilling football games for the average fan. Let's be real. Um, there's a reason tickets are cheap for preseason games. There's a reason, you know, I think often, correct me if I'm wrong, you could probably correct me if I'm wrong, Trey, I think season tickets for the Bombers, you can get extra tickets to the preseason games where you used to be able to. 
Uh, oh, you got like a free one or something too in there, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think there's a play in there. They want people to come. And you know what I mean? Because I don't think TSN could just drop it if it was contractually obligated to some degree, right? Like, you know, unless they're paying some kind of penalty. See, I get that. But you know, my, my my thing is this. I mean, in Saskatchewan, for example, it's a home game, that one. They're canceling. I think it's the home game against BC, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's the home game against BC. A lot of season ticket holders, unless you're from Regina, are you traveling for a preseason game? Let's be real. Probably not. You might be a season ticket holder. You're still not going to travel all the way to Regina just to watch a preseason game, watch either the Riders or the BC Lions and go check out their third or fourth string quarterback named, insert name here, because you don't have a clue. But if it's on TSN, you might just tune in for a few minutes, check out some stuff. Fourth quarter gets exciting. Maybe I'll turn it on, see what's going on. But as for like the riders, uh, in their case, not not wanting really TSN to broadcast it, I don't think it really matters. You've already got those season ticket holders that already paid their money. You still got their ticket no matter what. I don't think it's as big of an issue as it as it seems. That being said, I think like Toronto Hamilton might be a little different. I know, but I think Hamilton season tickets would have went sky high selling. Uh, seeing as they've got Bo Levi Mitchell, and you think a lot of people would like to see that. So I don't know if it's about selling the tickets. I think it's more of TSN just doesn't see any money in it. Well, yeah, and like I said, the average fan is probably not going to care too much about preseason. You know, If you are a little more of a diehard fan, yeah, you're looking to see those training camp battles, and you're looking to see those preseason matchups uh, here and there at least. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of it of, like, at least broadcast it for those that do care. Well, a big corporation like, like Bell and TSN is not necessarily going to just do that. But what I would love to see is have the teams be allowed to just do their own broadcast. And I think we've seen different variations of that time in the past, but I thought I was reading stuff last year where uh, everybody was asking, why can't we have these games? And I think, and somebody could quote me if I'm wrong, but Victor Cooley had basically said that there was a rights issue, meaning that the team couldn't just stream the game on their website. So, uh, you know, if it's, it's going to help draw maybe some more interest into the preseason, into the leagues, more talk around the league. Nobody's going to be talking about these preseason games if they can't be watching it right out in the stands, or I mean, those who aren't in the stands. So, uh, any more chatter around the league you can get, I think you got to take it and at least let the teams do their own broadcasts if they want to there. But uh, I'm not surprised TSN doesn't want to. Uh, I don't know. Do they broadcast every NFL preseason game? Probably not. It's probably available on, I don't know. It might, if it might be re- available on the zone, but you never know, you know, actually I don't see the preseason NFL is dumb too. So I don't know. Yeah, so it's preseason, you know. I'd love yeah. to, I'd love to see it, but I understand why it's not high priority necessarily on the list. It's just, it's one of those things where they get so much flack already for, you know, the the minimal effort TSN I think puts into the CFL uh, coverage. Um, and we've had plenty of discussions on the podcast past couple of weeks. We could go back to the, you could go back and listen to those as well on you know, how there's not really competition out there with other networks and nobody's clamoring to get it. So TSN has full control. So I think, a couple, I, you know, I think a lot of people in the fan base just kind of took it as a, 
I don't want to say admit, uh, maybe a slap in the face from, you know, the league's official broadcast partner to the, you're only giving us four games this year. Now you're cutting that half, uh, which a lot of people are upset about that. And I understand why, but also it's preseason. So at least we get to watch every game during the actual regular season. And that's the big thing I love about the CFL. I'm pretty sure you were crowning the lightning during the NHL preseason, weren't you, Ryan? So, oh yeah, I mean, every, every year, yeah. there's, there's I think, you know, I, and you think about it, you're making an important point there, Trey. If you're this, if you're TSN, do you want to compete directly? Potentially, I'm not saying it's going to happen because I don't think it will. But by that time, you could have the Edmonton Oilers in the West Final. See, I'm going to disagree because they don't have the rights. They they should be putting oh. up something that could compete with that. Like, you, yes, that's what I was but saying. Is like, I thought, going to be the one to compete? No, but what, they're supposed to just roll over? No, you got to put something up to compete. Like yeah. I said, either you're going to get nobody watching Lumberjack and Firefighter competition, or you're going to have at least us three idiots watch preseason. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, I, I, I think that there's something else to it than just TSN. Like, probably, it's probably all overall cost. And like I said, the team's probably like, like we said, tickets are free. I was more meaning one free ticket could equal 10 beers and oh, a popcorn yeah. and a hot dog and a jersey and a hat and like that stuff. Because a lot of times the preseason game is where those more casual fans might come out because they have a buddy who has a free ticket, right? And like, hey, if you're not spending 50 bucks on a ticket, that's two beers, right? So you're perfect, you know, and it's a good time. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm thinking about it. I think the NFL does because you see highlights all the time. So they at least have highlights because I remember seeing Strep- like because Strebler had his unreal right. preseason. Sorry, Adam. But I remember seeing highlights everywhere. So they must have had something. And I know a lot of Blue Jay games are. And spring training for baseball is, what, 40 games, 30 games? And the, most of them are. Not the best quality, but you still get Buck and um, the other guy for Jay's games. And it's, it's I don't know. And the NHL, some are. Buck and yeah. the other guy. <laughs> I can't remember the other guy. I only know Buck. If you don't know, if you're a Blue Jays fan, you know Buck Martinez. I don't can't think of the other guy's name, and I was literally just listening to him this morning or this afternoon. But, but you know that could be the other thing. I mean, maybe TSN found a MLB game. Maybe there's Yankees and Red Sox that night or something. Yeah, and they're they have MLB, right? Yeah, they do have yeah. some MLB. So maybe they found a game to throw up against the Stanley Cup Finals if it's Edmonton versus. Or Winnipeg versus Toronto in the Stanley Cup final at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I had to say it. Get a good laugh out there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, we'll get into your takes on the Jets later, Adam, because uh, I, I saw some more interesting tweets from you right before oh, this show. We'll get into that at the end. No, no. Um, yeah. Overall, it could just be a thing of like, yeah, you want to compete with these other markets out there, but only if it's going to be worthwhile for you. And if you don't think the cost or the benefit outweighs the cost, you're probably not going to do it, is the way I would sum this whole situation up. So we got to deal with two preseason games on TV. Oh, 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 oh. That one day might be the Preakness uh, or Belmont for those. And that's on TSN every year. Uh, that just thought it clicked in my head there too because Kentucky Derby's this week and I think it's two weeks off and then well, that, that, that sorry guys I didn't mean to interrupt you but that was like that's a big draw too potentially right. because yeah. there's only three horse races in the world that are televised and, and you know like so sorry guys yeah just I'm gonna and, Google it because now it's gonna bug me <laughs> <laughs> yeah well good investigation there Trey I like it 
Uh, let's move on to our CFL draft coverage here, and let's uh, let's dive right in. West Division preview. We'll go team by team here in the order that they are on the draft board. And first up is the Edmonton Elks, uh, who did finish uh, last place in the West Division last season, I believe, tied with the Red Blacks in the standings. Uh, but they uh, but they do finish last in West to get second overall pick. Uh, so they have one pick in round one at second overall. They've got, uh, they pick again in round two with the territorial pick, uh, that's granted to the last two last teams in the CFL. I guess they've traded away their regular second round pick there. So in the second round, they can only pick a player from, I believe their region. That's how that works. Uh, two picks in round three, uh, and then one pick in each of the rounds the rest of the way. So nothing major really for the Elks here, pretty spread out across the board. Uh, Adam, let's go to you here first. Uh, what do you think, uh, you know, uh, you put a, a question out, I think on Twitter a little bit ago of, uh, who would be one GM you would love to sit in the war room with on draft day? And you said Chris Jones. So what do you think Chris Jones has cooking here? Yeah, and you know what? I just always think that Chris Jones loves freaks of nature and athletes. Uh, he's always drafted that way, whether he was in Saskatchewan or even if you look back in the day, Toronto, Calgary. They always they always used to draft these just athletes or guys that could potentially be anywhere on the field. You look at a guy like, uh, and I don't know if he drafted him, he brought him in afterwards as more of Americans, but like A.C. Leonard. And you looked at a guy like... Uh, Nick Marshall, for example. I mean, those are Americans that were athletes that he brought in. Nick Marshall was a quarterback from Auburn. Come on. How did he all of a sudden become a defensive back? So Chris Jones has this ability, and he did it last year. We've seen it a little bit with the Edmonton Elks. He drafted a quarterback in the first round, which, again, nobody probably seen that coming probably right away, I would think. Uh, he drafted Trey Ford. And... It wasn't because Trey Ford is probably the best quarterback on the planet and was the guy that absolutely is going to light up the league, but he's an athlete. And again, if you look at what he does on those things and ads for people all the time, for Canadians even, they got to be athletes first. And then he'll look at you as a player in your position second. First thing first is what can you do? I mean, even you look at Deron Carter. Deron Carter was a receiver. Suddenly he's playing defensive back. I mean, he was not bad, actually, at defensive back. How's Bo Levi Mitchell, how he does at defensive back. But nevertheless, you know, that's that's with Chris Jones, and that's a rare exception. And I'd love to see his mentality and how he thinks on this. But if there is an athlete and a guy, it don't matter if he's potentially going to the NFL. He don't care, Chris Jones, about where he's going. If I own the rights to a gifted athlete, I'm taking them. That's that's usually the Jones mentality. Uh, that being said, G. Roy Simon's there maybe to speak a little bit of sense to him once in a while. But that being said, I think Chris Jones gets final say. So expect an athlete. I don't know whether that's on the O-line, on the D-line, or, well, anywhere else for that matter. It could be anywhere. It don't matter what his position says. It matters if the guy can if the guy can make something, some play out of nowhere or do something that just is incredible. Trey, what's Edmonton really need here? No, I agree. And just looking at the mock draft that uh, CFL has up, there seems to be a perfect candidate in uh, Penn State's Jonathan Sutherland. 
if you play for Penn State, you must be some form of an athlete. He's a DB, which looking at the Edmonton roster, they could use a Canadian. But he could also be the opposite Duran Carter if he's talented enough. And, you know, you ever know with Chris Jones, right? Again, you play for Penn State. I'm not I, I'm not professing to be an expert on this guy. I'm just looking off of his stats here on CFL.com. But if you play for Penn State, that's a pretty prestigious university in America. You might have some NFL take, but you never know. Worst case, he's a guy that comes in that September, you know, if he gets cut and you never know, right? But I think, yeah, Chris Jones, what, what do they have to lose? You know, like, what, what what can you lose? Worst case, you're ninth next year and the next year after, you know, the CFL things could switch, right? So a couple of years at the bottom might not be the worst for Edmonton, right? Well, it will be if they keep losing at home because they're giving, aren't they giving away like free tickets or they have a ticket deal where you keep your seat for as long as they lose a home game. So, uh, yeah, I think they want to go and break that first thing or maybe they don't because, again, you get people in the stands and then they start buying concessions and things like that, right? So. Um, yeah, you make great points about Chris Jones is gonna pick an athlete first and then ignore what position he's listed at in his draft profile and he's gonna find the best spot to put him out on the field. That's why we saw Kyle Oxley, backup quarterback, playing wide receiver last year. That's another example for the Elks. You know, looking at their their depth and their roster here. They're a team that's, I think, a little bit weaker on the Canadian depth to me. So I think they're a team that can kind of use some improvements all the way around here. Uh, you know, they stacked things up with American wide receiver this year. Uh, if they are looking to get one of the Canadians in there, you know, they've got Vincent Forbes Mambo, had a couple of games in last year. Daniel Vandervoort's been around for a little while. Gavin Cobb's probably the most intriguing Canadian on that list to me. He was drafted in 20 or rookie year was last year, but I think missed all year due to injury. Uh, But I know they're high on him. I've heard as well. So, you know, maybe that's enough for them where they're not looking that direction. I think anywhere on the defensive side of the ball, uh, defensive back, defensive line, I could see, you know, a, a play there. Linebacker, they just drafted Enoch McConzo last year. They've got Adam Konari, you know, that's pretty good starters at the, Canadian position there. Uh, And other than that, I think offensive line is a spot I expected the Elks to improve more this offseason. They did bring in David Foucault, uh, but they also brought in Josiah St. John was kind of their other big addition there. And I don't know if that was necessarily as big of an addition as it should have been. Um, So I think that's a spot. Canadian, American, really anyone I think the Elks could still get better at. So Why not try to get better through the draft? But again, it is, as we talked about last week, supposedly a very weak offensive line draft compared to normal this year. So there might not be a ton of options available there. Um, Quick note that I forgot to mention, I guess, off the top of the podcast, as I mentioned last week, if you are looking for real in-depth player profiles and draft analysis of the uh, coming in prospects, uh this this isn't the episode for it uh you know uh we can do this high level analysis but highly recommend checking out uh some of the other uh shows out there uh the x's and argos podcast uh friends of the show uh just put out a great draft preview show yesterday so i recommend checking them out and seeing what they all have to say uh on that there also but 
Uh, anything else here on the Elks for, for you guys? Anything stand out to you here? I mean, is it really just as simple as we have no idea what's going on in the mind of Chris Jones, but he like, he likes athletes, so he's probably going to pick an athlete regardless of where he thinks we think he should pick best? Yeah. He's going to watch this yeah. and just do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, pretty much last year. I mean, we pretty much said watch him pick up Trey Ford or something, and – there, sure enough, he picked up yeah. Trey Ford. Oh, yeah, we know what we're talking about. Sure. <laughs> Are we, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing if we're known as Chris Jones's inside sources. I'll take it, but I mean, <laughs> the only thing you can guarantee about him is he's wearing a turtleneck. Other than that, you don't know what he's doing. I also probably got a little inside knowledge on that too. We we know that it'll probably be a black turtleneck as well. Just, oh, just so you guys are aware. <laughs> with yeah. the double E's on it, man. With the double E's. Yeah, I don't think he's bringing out the one with the little green sheave on it. I don't think. Green and white sheave on it. I don't think that's happening. So. Really, really throw people off. Come up with the W or something. Just really <laughs> throw them off. That, now, now that's what I want to do as a head coach. Where the other te- Just get in their head. Where the other teams merch. Anyway. <laughs> I just want to see Chris Jones come out like everybody's expecting the black long sleeve turtleneck and he comes out in like a bright colored striped polo shirt. Yeah. Even if there's, or even if it just comes out like O'Shea in shorts and a hoodie, you know, like just something different. I love Chris. <laughs> now, that we got, now that we have the fashion side done for the draft. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll talk about this with each uh, yeah, so the Elks pick second overall. Uh, you know, interestingly, if you look back at last year's draft, I guess I'll, I'll mention here as well. Uh, I think they had, they did have the first overall pick last year uh, and traded down uh, and actually made a couple drafts uh, or trades right before the draft to, to move draft picks around. So Chris Jones isn't afraid to do that. They made two trades, you know, moved around their entire first round last year. Could we see something in the next couple of days from them there? No, I wouldn't rule out the possibility of it. Um, so that's what we've got on the Edmonton Elks here. Uh, moving on next, uh, third overall on the draft board is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, disappointing season for them. Obviously, last year finds them on the draft board here at number three. Uh, just taking a look at what they have for picks this year. Uh, they, they pick at number three and then number 11, uh, in the second round, uh, they've got their third round, fourth round pick, no pick in the fifth round, uh, two in the seventh and one in the sixth and the eighth. So, uh, early draft, pretty standard for the riders here. Uh, a couple of changes there later in the draft, but, uh, Adam, you're our, speaking of inside sources, you're our inside source on all things Saskatchewan rough riders. So, uh. What do you got in the in the minds of Jeremy O'Day here uh, looking at uh, this team? Is it the O-line after, you know, that's been all the talk from last season, but uh, they did make some moves so far. So uh, where do you think this team is going to go? Well, let's put it this way. Traditionally, uh, Jeremy O'Day does not draft. Well, he does, but he doesn't. He'll draft them later. He drafts some offensive linemen. Uh, later on, or, or later on in a draft. In this case, draft some offensive linemen early here, uh, Jeremy O'Day. We do not need another Sam Emelis or another wide receiver in this core right now. Having said, 
we need a maybe a number one like again like Stephen the uh, Piffles Pod has been saying for a little while. So shout out to Piffles Pod. Uh, been saying you know what there's not a bona fide number one starter on this team for receiver. You don't draft them in the CFL draft and bring them in as a bona fide number one receiver. So that being said, you really got to work on your depth in your offensive line. Yes, you've helped it this year. You brought in Peter Godbury. You brought in Philip Blake. Uh, there's not. There are older guys on this uh, offensive line that need to get going here. Uh, that you got to be a little more concerned about. Like again, Philip Blake is a 37 year old guy uh, coming into the line. We've seen how it worked last year, bringing in uh, Tavon Campbell. I mean, or not Tavon Campbell, Jamal Campbell. Uh, didn't work. It it was a bad pickup. Uh, so you know you got to build your offensive line. The only really way, great way of doing it is in the CFL draft. And I think if I'm the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, it's either a defensive lineman, if you can find a good defensive lineman, uh, or somewhere on the lines here. Because, you know what, that's the only way you can do this, is just get guys in the trenches. Chris Walby is not drafting for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, even though he probably should. Uh, they will bring Gene Mikowski back. He's, he's uh, only busy with politics. I mean, there's no election coming up. May as well let him draft for the first overall or for the third overall pick here this year. So I get an offensive lineman out of it or a defensive lineman. But no, it's in the trenches the Riders need to draft this year, uh, in my opinion, anyways. Trey, what about you? No, I agree with the old line, but oh, looking at the mock draft, a six foot five, 270-pound guy who played for Texas Christian University by the name <laughs> Lawal you You're telling me you don't want a boy who played for Texas Christian University, man? For that the last Canadian, guy we had was a little bit of a problem, if you can remember. That's fine, though. You can, that, you have, well, I mean, there's a lot, yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of drugs in Texas. But anyway, you could go with Saskatchewan Rough Rider, or this guy, and then there's another guy, another D line from Southern Utah that's ranked at fourth. Yes, you should probably go for O line. But at the same time, a couple big guys on that defensive line, when you're, uh, I think that you, after O line, because you're facing the, uh, the Blue Bombers three times. And their old line's aging, aging. So you get some young, talented, six foot five guy that played in Texas. Oh man, I think him and like him and uh, Yoshi and him and Brian are gonna have a great matchup it, it, without even watching this guy play. Just having a hunch of where he's from and stuff, or where he played for. But yes, other than that, old line. Adam's completely right. I just don't want him to have an old line because I want Trevor Harris to be staring at that beautiful blue Saskatchewan sky all summer long. But they probably will go. Right. On a side, on a side right. note, I also uh, hope that they uh, make sure they keep linebacker uh, Lakita Kahano Gonawano Davis. I'm going to try to say that name right by the end of the year. So please keep him around in the roster just to see if we can get that right. Uh, also, Scott, you asked where my hat's from. I had to go to the Ottawa Red Blacks uh, page and get this hat. Because you know, yeah, the they're the only ones that sell the CFL merch because you know a CFL general merch shop would make too much sense for the online presence of the CFL. Um, looking at the strengths in the Canadian depth for the riders, uh, Adam, you hit the nail on the head earlier, I think, with the Canadian depth at wide receiver. I mean, Keon Schaefer Baker is you said the team doesn't have a you know a number one receiver, really. I think he could be the guy. Uh, potentially if he continues his breakout there. 
know, Mitchell Picton, Braden Lenius uh, came back late last season. Samuel Amos, you know, second year for him in the league. They brought in Jawan Breskis in this offseason, who looked good in the past before injuries. So uh, I think they're set very well there. Linebacker position, I mean, Micah Tights wasn't he their most outstanding Canadian uh, nominee two years ago? Had the injury last year. That's a big readdition for them there. Uh, you got Justin Herdman Reed's a solid Canadian in there for them too. Uh, I look at maybe, you know, defensive back, probably the defensive line is where I'm looking at for Canadian depth there also. They brought Stefan Banks in this offseason from Calgary. He's a Canadian. They brought in Charvel DeBuyer. Uh, you know, he is he's there. That's really their top two Canadians there. Uh, you lost Charleston Hughes this offseason. You know, he did bring back Micah Johnson, but he's 35 years old. Uh, you know, how many years does he have left in them there? Robertson, Lanier, they're all over 30. You know, I think they could use some some young Canadian depth there on the D-line for the future uh, also, which is kind of what Trey was talking about there. So that's probably where I would focus on here for the Riders. But like you said, offensive line was the big issue last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of try to overcompensate for that a little bit in the draft this year by going heavy on the O-line. Um, one of the things we talked about last week when we did the East preview was would these teams be the type of team to take a shot at one of those NFL hopefuls potentially, um, or do we think they play it safer with their picks? Adam, what do you think? If Saskatchewan's doing this, I mean, you look at their contract situations right now, I think that they probably stick where they are. They don't go after any of the uh, NFL hopefuls. I mean, they've done this lot, Saskatchewan, over the last little bit. You asked Dakota Shepley. Uh, that's a guy that should probably be playing CFL football. He's a good player, but he's also pretty good and ends up in the NFL. Uh, Stefan Charles, there's a few others that I can think of that the Riders have drafted over the years, and it's come back to haunt them because they just don't have a pick there. And there's other guys that were under them that could have been picked up that might have been a big help. So if I'm Saskatchewan, I don't do that. There might be another team that I can think of that might want to maybe take a shot just for the sake of taking a shot. But, um, yeah, it's not Edmonton or Saskatchewan. I can tell you that. They need draft picks. They need Canadians, and they need them to play in 2023. Trey? No, I agree. There, I, I it, The one team that I might be like, maybe, is like Winnipeg, and maybe, no, not even BC. I, I think Winnipeg's the only one I'd be like, yeah, Take it because, like, you know what I mean? Like, that use it as like a minor league system for them because, like, they're pretty set. Like, what we're going to get to them later, but like, I don't know how much they need this year. They need those guys for a couple of years down the road. Um, like I said, their old lines aging, a couple other things. Yes, Scott, I'm terrified of razors. Thank you. I see that in the chat. I, I, I don't own one, I don't know where they are in Walmart or other store. I don't know. No, you, nowadays they have those theft things on them, and I'm not doing that. I'm not getting the guy to get a key. Oh, wow, welcome to Winnipeg, Adam. <laughs> Baby we, don't formula the, and... uh, we don't have to put the razor blades or the screwdrivers away oh, in Saskatchewan quite yet. So, Baby formula. And razor blades are the toughest thing to buy at a freaking grocery store. <laughs> and then when Baby I went to Calgary last, oh, what are you guys so doing bad. over there making pipe bombs or what? So bad. No, it was so bad. And I'm so glad I don't have formula anymore. Like that's awful. They had, they had max. Two, it's a different podcast here, man. We can talk about. <laughs> yeah. It was like a max of two, and they had to take it to the front when you were ready. 
It, it was for shortage uh, reasons, Adam. That was the the main reason. Uh, that and there's a lot of theft. There's that a too, lot of that too. theft because yeah. it's yeah. But because then you go to Alberta. I went to Alberta and you could take as many as you want. So I literally bought like ten. Right. I Meanwhile, well, in Saskatchewan, we just leave the keys in vehicles and just run away. Yes, I yes. mean. <laughs> Churchill and Regina is the only two cities in uh, Canada that can't lock your doors for whatever reason, right? So I don't know what they are. I don't know what locks are. <laughs> What's the lock on the door? But anyway, what we hit the uh, locks is if we have to hit the remote. Yeah. Sir. yeah. Uh, anyway. Mike's, in, Mike's in the YouTube chat. Hi, Mike. Uh, Mike's been away working on stuff for the past couple of weeks. He'll be back closer to the season. Uh, but thanks All for right. checking in here, Mike. He's too uh, busy watching them Leafs every night to come join the show, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to our next Sorry. team here. The Calgary Stampeders is the next uh, West team up on the uh, on the board here. Uh, their draft situation changed a little bit when they traded Bowley by Mitchell's rights to the Hamilton Tiger Cats and shifted around some draft picks as part of that deal. So they draft at number four this year in the first round. They do not have a second round pick, so they're drafting at four. Then again at 22 that they got from the Tiger Cats. And then again at 24, so two picks uh, almost back-to-back -back in the third round, none in the second. Uh, they got a fourth round, fifth round, two in the sixth, none in the seventh, and one in the eighth. So an early round pick, and then not again till 22 here for the Calgary Stampeders. You know, this is a team that I think has done very, very well in the draft in the history, and that is the John Huffnagle way of uh, not spending big on free agency, do our free agency show every year. We hardly get to talk about what Calgary did because they don't do anything there. But it's these training camp additions. It's these draft additions where the Stampeders shine. And when we were, uh, you know, trying to get our lists ready for our top five West draft picks this year, I was going through those lists and seeing a lot of Calgary Stampeders names I recognize uh, over the years because they've done an excellent job of drafting. So uh, let's see if they can replicate that again this year. Uh, what do you see from Calgary here, Trey? Let's go to you here first. Uh, you know, talking about the horsemen, the Stampeders, you're the horse guy. Uh, so that makes sense. That's uh, some sort of connection there. Uh, what do you think on Calgary? You know, the playoffs last year, lost VC in the first round. Uh, new start at quarterback with Jake Mayer this year. What are you looking for in the draft from them, maybe? I don't know. I'm kind of looking at them. They're a weird one, too, where they got a lot of Canadian talent spread out. I wouldn't do the big shot NFL guy who could come back, but maybe maybe another linebacker behind Judge if you're going to put him in for ratio and if anything happened to him. They have a decent old lineman, it looks like. They even have some running backs and receivers. I don't know. Maybe you want to get another receiver, too, but they do have Phil Pot and uh luther that's all i'm gonna say his first name mr luther there uh, with the long last name um so i don't know it's kind of another weird one because like you said yeah calgary just seems to make additions pre-agent wise or i could even see them bringing some people in who get cut you know what i mean or some guys from other teams and and, and stuff like that they give me the huffnagel gives me like the uh, belichick kind of vibe where he'll just do it his own way a little bit not as bad as belichick but kind of that same way and um yeah hopefully uh see they're getting a new hockey rink there is that not what they say recently but uh that's uh doesn't help their football team adam what do you think about stampeders i guess quick note on the stampeders first uh sorry adam is that you know i talked a bit about huffnagel but it's dave dickinson now in the gm seat right, right? Uh, huffnagel's right. taking the step back from that role so 
Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This is Dickinson's first year in the GM chair for the draft, but Huffnagel's probably got to have, you know, some influence still on the decisions here. Uh, Adam, what do you think from the stamps? Yeah, I believe that's the case. I mean, it's too bad a little bit of that $1.2 billion couldn't went over to McMahon Stadium, first of all. Uh, you know, that poor horse has to run on pretty pretty old field there. Um, yeah, it's too bad. But uh, nevertheless, uh, yeah, good, jo- good job for them for getting a new stadium for their flames. Uh, that being said, the, F- the Stampeders are always one of those teams that goes and ends up pulling some guy from the fourth. Oh no, Huffnagel and Dickinson cut his feed before he could rip into him. <laughs> I did freeze. Now yeah. yeah. All right. Well, give me a minute here. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, no, the uh, the Stampeders always end up picking this NCAA guy from the middle of nowhere and end up winning. And they they've done it so many times and time and time again. I mean, it's it's almost sickening. They need a guy. They do probably need a receiver as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, Luther Hakanavanu was pretty good last year. Yeah, that's right, Trey. I can say it. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, Filippo is actually, I mean, he's going to get better and better as a progress. You got two good receivers, but you need the depth. Uh, so that's my opinion where you want to maybe get a few pieces. Their offensive line, I mean, Derek Dennis is getting older now. He's been in uh, having a few injuries as well. Uh, you did lose Sean Lemon this year as well on the defensive side of the football. So you could use another defensive lineman probably in there uh, to get something going there, I would think, as well. Uh, that being said, again, I never have to really worry about the uh, Calgary Stampeders. They, they pick up the player that they need. They get the perfect draft pick. Somehow in the fourth round, it ends up being like this guy, like I said before. They just they just managed to do it all the time. Whether it was Brett Jones in the middle of nowhere, they pulled him in. Uh, I think there's a certain guy from Denver that's pretty pretty good that they ended up drafting one time as well. I think we all know who we're talking about. Uh, so like I say, the, the Stampeders have a proven track record of being good at this. So whatever they want to do, they do it because you know what they're they're pretty good at right yeah and that's the exact thing i scroll through the depth chart i don't really see a hole here for calgary uh specifically in terms of canadian depth or depth in general i think they're a team to me that at a lot of positions doesn't necessarily jump out as amazing uh but very good uh right i mean running back amazing the, the three top tier running backs for the team already. They, they're not going to go a Canadian draft pick there. Offensive line last year, best in the CFL. 13 sacks, I think it was, that they only gave up last season, an 18 game season. Like, you can't get much better than that. I know they did lose uh, Justin Lawrence, uh, who, uh, you know, was uh, a great piece there, a Canadian piece on the offensive line. He went over to Toronto this offseason. So maybe you look to get an O lineman there. But again, uh, they also brought in Jamal Campbell, who could fill in that void there for them. So, uh, and, and defensive line, I think they've got some good pieces there as well. Isaac Adeyemi Berglund had a good year last year. Derek Wiggins, a good piece on that D line there for them. I don't see them really getting any, you know, big name starter in there. Maybe an extra piece to go with Cam Judge at linebacker, but. Overall, for me, I think this is Calgary. We're not going to see them, you know, reach for any players to make an impact this year, Canadian-wise. I think we're just going to see those up-and-coming depth players that take us by surprise uh, in the next couple of years as well. Um, 
at receiver, you guys mentioned maybe picking up another receiver. I think they're set there on the Canadian depth. I like Hakuna Vanu. I like Jalen Philpot. Uh, you've also got Colton Hunchak, who's been around for a couple of years with the team now and seemingly is like that that odd man out at receiver that when he gets his shot, actually makes some good plays, but never fully gets a shot. So I think he's still in that category this year for him. But uh, so I think they're set there at wide receiver as well. So, you know, Calgary, they'll pick somebody up in that first round. Uh, hard to say where, uh, but yeah, you mentioned one of you, I forget who hit the nail on the head for me, where it's a look at those late round draft picks and two, three years from now, we'll be talking about uh, what a steal the Stampeders got late in the draft. Uh, like they do every single year somehow. That's obviously the wisdom from Trey that said that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> sure it was, Trey. Sure it yeah, was. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go back and re-listen to this, but it was me. Just believe it. <laughs> What of you? I don't remember. Who's up? It was Adam. It was Adam. <laughs> I don't listen when you guys talk. No, just kidding. Uh, anything else on Calgary that uh, we have? I I think it's it's pretty easily summed up. But uh, you know, if we if for each of these teams, you can only have a quick. You could almost have a quick line to sum it up, which is Calgary finds the diamonds in the rough, right? Just like we said at earlier, Edmund and. Chris Jones draft athletes, Calgary drafts diamonds in the rough uh, is plain and simple for uh, them. I believe you, next. Uh, I just team just on the, the only thing I had is one thing to bring up. Uh, I want to know what the odds are of Horseman Radio thinking that uh, the Stampeders are going to go 18 and 0 this year. I, w- I would think that's pretty high again this year. Well, actually, I think there's a 0% chance that Horseman Radio makes that prediction because Horseman Radio is no longer the name of the podcast, as they announced this week. The uh, the Go Stamps Go Show, uh, going back to supposedly their old branding. So, uh, yeah, friends of the show, uh, you know, members of the Canadian Football Podcast Network as well. Uh, they just uh, put up a new episode. Uh, they're back at it now, too. So go check them out also for their takes on all things Stampeders. Uh, next up is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on our draft board here, uh, which they come in at the eighth overall pick, second last in round one. Uh, they have one pick in each round of the draft, so no trades that they've made so far. Uh, they will be uh, doing their you know, round-by-round draft, uh, and uh, we'll see what they come up with here, Trey. Uh, we went to Adam first on the Riders. Let's go to you first on the Bombers here. Uh, I know a hot topic around these Bombers for you has been kind of the aging core of the team. So what are you looking for in the draft here from them? I'm down for them to go after some old line that might not be in the CFL this year. There's a guy looking at the mock draft currently at six, could go to Ticats according to this from Fresno State, but it says he did have NFL opportunities. But uh, had some uh, had a broken leg last year, so it might have hurt it. But he still might be rehabbing too. Maybe it's not a risk uh, the Thai Cats Alouettes want to take, and it falls to Winnipeg. Maybe he does get an NFL try. There's also a Canadian from Western O lineman slated at eight. I think O line that's my one of my biggest concerns right now because I think they'll be able to find an American that maybe one day who can. You can't fully replace Jefferson and Big Hill, but you know what I mean. <laughs> replace him on the depth chart at least. I don't think you're going to go a Canadian route there. So I think you got to kind of get something, you know, 
I think near the end of last year, we kind of saw um, Hardrick and um, Bryant kind of, you know, you could see they were getting slower. They were taking more knees than I feel like they did in the first four or five years in Winnipeg. And, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with having a bunch of Canadians. I mean, you do have Jeff Gray, Newfeld, uh, Kolonkowski, Dobson. You do have tons of guys, but I think more competition in that. Um, and heck, why not get another kicker because they already have six on their roster as of now. Uh, so, you know, I, you know how bad I wanted to put Legio on my top five later just to be stupid, but I no because I thought about it because the best, the best, he was going to be number one because he gave Toronto the great cup easily, but, um, <laughs> but I was like, you know what? My credibility is already fried so i may as well try to regain it as best as i can but i don't know it's it's a bit awkward that i was legitimately considering putting him on my list so (laughs) no everything i nothing i do is serious if you haven't figured that out yet um and scott we'll talk i don't give out my picks for the downs for free on a podcast so you know Come on, you know better, Scott. He's asking for my picks at Cinnaboya Downs already. I can't, I can't give that divulge that for free. That's anyway. Bombers. I don't know. I, I mean, Adam. I, I may want Adam's opinion. The third, the guy who doesn't really care from the outside. What do you think Winnipeg's gonna do? Hey Trey, that's not fair. You know, you got to always keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I mean, we follow the Winnipeg Blue Bombers over in Saskatchewan just as hard as anybody follows them, uh, just because we got to know what they're doing and try to replicate them to try to try to win. Because you know, you guys usually take our draft picks afterwards. See Nick Dembski. Anyways, that being said, I think the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers offensive line. I mean, they're getting a little bit older. That's that's for sure. I mean. Uh, you look at Patrick Newfield, Stanley Bryant, Jeff Gray is 30 or 28 now. He's probably one of the more younger guys on the thing. Uh, but you guys got some depth there as well for that's pretty young. I mean, Liam Dobson is only, uh, what, he's tw- rookie year is 22. Uh, he hasn't played a whole lot there. Uh, same thing also if you look like uh, Brandon Stanford is first year last year, and there's a few new guys coming in. So, I mean, I think that way you're probably looking pretty good. Where I think you guys probably need to start looking is maybe in linebacker. I know there's quite a few guys behind Adam Big Hill and Alden Darby and all, but um, yeah, Adam Big Hill's getting a little bit older. You look at Jackson, Jeff Coat, or Willie Jefferson on the D-line, they're starting to get a little bit older. And I think the biggest issue that uh, Winnipeg had last year uh, was in the depth in the defensive back position. Uh, to me, I think that's probably where they need to improve, especially in Canadian depth, because if you're going to run a Willie Jefferson and a Jackson Jeff Code and a Theatric Hansen, and uh, you're going to also run a Adam Big Hill as a linebacker, you got a lot of Americans all of a sudden right there. You got to put some to Amer- a Canadian somewhere. And the defensive back, I, I look at, and I think that's probably where they need to get some depth and some help uh, if I'm Winnipeg right now. Uh, that being said, their offense, I mean, they're receiving core. You know what they're going to do. They're going to put every American they possibly can. So they're going to have to have good Canadian offensive linemen there. You may want another piece in there as well, because again, you know, the people can't stay healthy a hundred percent of the time. So those are maybe the two pieces, offensive line and defensive back is probably what I'm looking at mostly in Winnipeg. Uh, that being said, Mike O'Shea has a pretty good record. 
of uh, getting Kyle Walters to do exactly what he needs him to do to get the pieces that he needs. And Winnipeg has had pretty good drafting over the last little bit. So I think that I'd be pretty confident if I was a Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan that they really won't muff this up. They'll they'll do pretty good. I'm looking at the defensive side of the ball here personally. Offensively, I don't see a need here to fill any holes necessarily. Uh, you know, yeah, okay, yeah, you can say the offensive line. My goal as we go through these teams is to try not to just say offensive line for every team because that seems like the, you know, it's an obvious one that, yeah, everybody can improve in that category. But, uh, and Winnipeg does have some aging bets there most certainly. But Adam, you called out some of the depth they have at the position that I think they have more of a need for Canadian depth on defense. You look at the defensive line, their number one Canadian there. Jake Thomas is the longest standing member of the team. You know, he's been with the team since 2012. How many years does he have left in him? You want to start rotating another guy maybe in, in there and look at an option on the defensive line there. Same thing, linebackers. The two main Canadian names that jump out to me on the depth chart are uh, Shane Goche and Jesse Briggs. Again, two guys that have been with this team for a long time now. So, we're looking at, you know, and scrolling through here and looking at these Canadian depth pieces. These are the ones that they've had forever. There's no new names that are jumping out on the D-line, jumping out at linebacker to kind of earn that big spot over there. Uh, and so that's, that's what jumps out to me. Again, they also lost some pieces at defensive back. Nick Taylor, Canadian piece there. He was one of their mainstays. And you kind of got to almost do a redo of last year's draft because they drafted Tyrell Ford with one of their first draft picks. And then he went off to play for the, or signed with the Green Bay Packers. I, I think it was the Packers this off season. So, you know, he was their big draft pick. They were excited about him last year. He's off to the NFL. So maybe you try once again with the defensive back again here this year for Winnipeg is kind of how I see it there. Focus on that defense think they're going to be fine on the offensive side of the ball. Adam, you mentioned that, you know, they're going to stack it full of every American wide receiver they can. They also still have Nick Dembski, Drew Wolitarski, and Brendan O'Leary-Orange, who uh, are pretty good Canadian receivers there also. So, uh, you know, Winnipeg is one of those teams that seems to be aging a little bit. So I think they should use this draft to find some good young pieces for the future. I would focus that mostly on the defensive side of the ball personally here one other point that i wanted to bring up on the winnipeg blue bombers this is the team that if anybody wants to take a shot because they love their canadian uh running backs this is the team that should probably maybe take a shot at the uh american or well canadian that's uh been looked at here for a little bit uh sorry my brain just absolutely had a brain fart and i forgot his name uh that's been touted as the number one wow yeah, Chase Brown. There we go. There's Chase Brown and Sidney Brown. Sidney's the defensive guy, and Chase is the running back. And Winnipeg, you love your running back, Canadian running backs. Here's one that you could probably get. You probably could get away with it in the second round. Uh, I think there's territorial picks. I don't think he. I don't think he'll go in that. So. I don't know. I think that this would be the opportunity for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers if you want to have a chance. And again, I, a second round pick isn't going to cost you much in the CFL draft. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah, Winnipeg's pretty deep, decent enough that on depth that they can get away with spending a second round pick. A team like Saskatchewan, we can't afford that. We got to have good players all the time. But hey, 
I think for me, I think, like I said, if you're going to go and get after Chase Brown, this is the one team that maybe should get after Chase Brown. And, hey, you never know, two, three years, maybe he's running footballs for Winnipeg. You never know. You never know, right? They they do, like you said, they do like those Canadian running backs. Uh, they've got a couple on the roster right now, Brady Oliveira, Johnny Augustine. So anyone they bring in probably won't jump to the top of the depth chart anytime soon. But, uh, hey, you're drafting for now. Some teams you're drafting for the future, and I think the Bombers are one of those teams. Last team here to talk about the BC Lions. Uh, they traded away their first-round draft pick to the Montreal Alouettes in the Vernon Adams trade last year, I believe. Uh, and then they also got a first-round pick back from Toronto by trading Jordan Williams there this offseason, uh, their 2020 first overall pick. Uh, so they pick at 9. They also pick at 14 in the second round. No pick in round 3. Uh, and then one pick in each of the rounds after that for the BC Lions, who, you know, real strong year for them last year. They were looking really, really good. But uh, that was also with Nathan Rourke at the helm, who is off to the NFL uh, now. Uh, Adam, let's go back to you here. Uh, opening thoughts on the BC Lions and uh, what you think of them this year. Draft wise. Well, I think the BC Lions, again, they've done some very good jobs in drafting in the last few years. Uh, Noah Zur is one guy I can think of, and Nathan Cherry. Both of those guys came in right away. They produced uh, Noah Zur not so much, but Nathan Cherry, who's absolutely dominant in the defensive line, uh, defensive line last year for the BC Lions. So they've got some really good depth, I think, on the offensive line and then on the defensive line. So I'm going to pull a Ryan here and not talk about the offensive line so much. That being said, there's something we do have to talk about with Winnipeg or with Winnipeg, with the BC Lions, and that is the wide receiving core. Yes, they brought in Justin McInnes this year. I get that. Javon Katoy has shown uh, little bits of his streaks here and there, and it could be a really, really good uh, wide receiver, a Canadian wide receiver for the uh, BC Lions. But after that, that's it. There's two pieces there. Uh, Jacob Scarfone has not, I don't know, he hasn't done a whole lot so far as a BC Lion. And that's all you really have for depth, essentially, is two receivers is what I figure for the BC Lions. So I would work on a receiver if I could, if I was the BC Lions right now. Uh, they've got a little bit of depth, again, in the main kind of the trenches, as you would call it. They've got some linebackers in there. Bo Lacombo is a really good uh, Canadian linebacker. Uh You've got some other pieces in defensive back. You probably could use a Canadian there as well because you only really have Adrian Green, who was just drafted last year, and Kyle Claret, I think, might have been drafted last year. Uh, about the right age, so maybe the year before, maybe 21. Uh, but that being said, there really isn't a whole lot of depth also in that defensive back spot. So you're two spots where you're trying to catch a football in your defensive back or in your receiving quarter. That's, that's where the BC Lions probably really need to get some a uh, little bit of help there for Canadian. Trey? I agree with defensive back. Um, you know, there's hardly any Maple Leafs there. Receivers, I mean, you could. There's, you never heard. But I think, you know, McCoy and McKinnis, or Katoy and McKinnis. And don't correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel Peterman, was he not on the Bombers? Yeah, and he, I thought he was actually not bad, but he just lost out to – Waller Tarski and Dembski kind of, he got lost in the shuffle there. So I think you got three solid guys and, you know, not every team's the Bombers that have all like 
three, four Canadian receivers, right? Like, you really only need one to start a game, maybe two if you really need a ratio breaker. But, you know, I think they got three guys there that could easily, you know, and then you throw those guys in with Rhymes, Hatcher, Whitehead. Yes, you want more depth, but I would really go with the DB um, situation there. Like, they kind of got nobody that's a bona fide Canadian starter there. Uh, but, you know, unless they kind of play the Blue Bomber game and fill up, you know, because they do have three offensive linemen that probably will be Canadian. And you have one receiver uh, at a running back if you put Mackey in, right? So do they play the Bomber game and have five offense and one or two defense? That's kind of the way they're going right now. But, I mean, I don't know. Ryan, what do you think? I mean, yeah, defensive back, you guys touched on that one already. I don't have much else to add there. Uh, I did originally was thinking maybe linebacker because they didn't you know, have to trade away Jordan Williams, who requested a trade. They're pretty stacked for uh, Canadian depth, that linebacker with Bola Combo, Ben Haladic, you know, Jordan Herdman Reed comes back to BC here. You know, as Isaiah Guzuk mess, and like the, the list goes on here at linebacker for them. Uh, maybe let's talk running back uh, I, for BC. I think that's a spot this team needs to look. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I, I think they had pretty good success once in the past drafting, at least once in the past, drafting a Canadian running back. You know, have you heard of Andrew Harris, um, who did have some very, very good seasons for BC before going to Winnipeg and now Toronto? Uh, but they're one of the only teams that, when we left our free agency show this year, I was mystified that they were kind of left as the only team without a seat at the table at the running back position. Uh, and now they, you know, it, it is a position. You know, if Mike were here right now on this podcast today, uh, on this episode, he would tell me running backs are a dime a dozen. Um, and that that is very true. And they brought in some guys like Antonio Williams, I believe, had some time with the Buffalo Bills and uh, is a guy there, you know, hyped up on and looking to give a chance this year. But I think that's a, a position that uh, I think you could potentially use some depth. And, and you know, Richard in the, uh, in, in the YouTube chat is mentioning, yeah, they have six running backs coming into camp already. So maybe it's a full house there. But it's also six running backs where, to me, none of them are jumping out right now as, as a runaway. And maybe one of them will this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if somebody does uh, from this list turn into a fantastic running back. But if we're talking about all these other teams around the league looking at, you know, defensive line, offensive line, linebacker, there's got to be some good running backs here in the draft. And if you're a team like BC, maybe you take a chance on one of those and see if that guy could come in be that camp competition and be your starter coming in next year. I would love to see it um, there as well. Uh, the only downside, I guess, to drafting a Canadian running back is it kind of gets you into that ratio hole, right? Where it's almost like you need that Canadian backup. Otherwise you need backup plans at other positions. Whereas, okay, you can have a solid set of linebackers, you know, defensive linemen that are all Canadians that can rotate in. Uh, for me, the big one is uh, running back could be useful to get one in, but have to have some backup plans. And maybe David Mackey is that plan. You know, he's fullback, can rotate in at running back there also. Uh, but really for the Lions, I'm just interested to see what happens this year without Nathan Rourke, right? Like uh, that was big story last year was Nathan Rourke for this team. Do they try to draft a Canadian quarterback? Are there Canadian quarterbacks on the radar in the draft this year? Do we try to go for Nathan Rourke Magic 
Traeger. Muted. Yeah, sorry, I was talking to myself. No, I just said you go with his brother next year, right? That's all I would do, or whatever that is. But next year, two years from now, I have thought of that. Like, if I'm a team, do I try to maybe get an extra first round next year with this pick this year? Like, if your team like Winnipeg or something, you'd have Caleros use late 30s, you know, and not real any backups right now other than, you know. Yeah. No, I wouldn't go with anyone now. I, don't, I haven't heard anything. I thought there was one, but I thought maybe he was NFL bound. So I don't know, but you never know. The only the the only one that I can see here is uh, again uh, for Curtis Rourke. I mean, yeah, I don't see I don't see real many magic in a bottle right now for any of these teams to possibly pull in a Canadian and absolutely light the league on fire. Nathan Rourke is a one off. It doesn't happen every year. Uh, you can bring in Curtis Rourke next year. It may not work as well. Who knows? It's that it was the right place at the right time at the right opportunity. I think. And right guy. I mean, Nathan Rourke is a very good football player. But I don't think we can see any of these teams really lighting it up and all of a sudden saying, yep, I'm going to end up bringing in a Canadian uh, uh, Canadian uh, quarterback and doing something like that. But, Ryan, your, your point on uh, Canadian running back, I know Mike always says you're right. Dime a dozen for, a quarter, or for running backs, sorry. Uh, for running backs, dime a dozen. Canadian running backs. You look at the league, and again, I'm freezing up again a little bit, sorry. Uh, in the league, there's not a lot of Canadian running backs that are really, really top-tier running backs, right? I mean, Brady Oliveira, maybe. Uh, who else, though? Other than that, Canadian running backs are not very common. Uh, Andrew Harris is still in the league, so I mean, okay. But, yeah, if you can get yourself a – and it's a ratio buster, essentially – and you can confidently put a Canadian running back in, that's a big thing. And I'd like to see BC do it again. That'd be pretty cool to see a new Andrew Harris come, maybe the next Andrew Harris come up, if it's a Victoria Island Raider. And never forget a CJFL team when you're drafting here. Uh, there's some real talent in the CJFL, uh, whether it's the Saskatoon Hilltops, uh, London Beefeaters have some great players in their uh, organization. Again, the Victoria Island Raiders, the Okanagan Sun, even the Regina Thunder. I mean, all these teams have some great depth. They all have some great players. And, hey, go and check them out. And me, you never know, maybe one of those CJFL players like Dan Clark might just get picked up in the CFL draft here this year. Uh, thought I'd throw a plug in for them while I was doing this. Right on. I love it. Uh, one final question here on the draft preview before we get to our top five countdown. We'll try to go through our top five uh, a little bit quicker this time around. Uh, Richard has a good question in the chat. Uh, is anyone going to draft a kicker this year? Probably in the global draft, honestly, right? Like that's where kickers get drafted a lot. Uh, I would guess the two teams that maybe do, maybe Winnipeg, there's camp competition there, but they've already brought in a bunch of people. And Toronto, Boris Beattie was the lowest percentage kicker in the league last year, and he's 33 years old, right? So maybe Toronto's a team that tries to draft a kicker and bring one in there. Uh, anybody else to you guys stand out? I mean, Edmonton might because there might be an athlete in there uh, in the kicker side of things, honestly. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's, uh, I've heard of some good kickers in this draft, but... I don't know. Nobody's going to, I don't think anybody's going to spend a first round pick or a second round pick on a no. kicker. 
So I don't think it's worth it. No. I mean, Troy Westwood was an all-around athlete, right? So <laughs> you never know what you get with your kicker. The amount of times I've seen him race off to the side of the field, probably to light a dart and going. <laughs> if there's one guy that they should allow to do that on the field, uh, could you imagine he's doing it and then it goes wide left and then he just flicks it, shaking his head? Like, that would just be priceless. <laughs> but anyway, no, I wouldn't go with the kicker anywhere. Like, global global draft and, and even the Bombers, like, yeah, they have six guys in there. Yeah. I'm sure I could kick it better than Lake Yo at this point, and I'm I'm already there anyway, so I wouldn't. They don't need to pay me, you know. Whatever, but there are certain bets I won't take, and that's not one of them, Trey. That I would go. To, I'll kick Mark Leggio. Where's that <laughs> Wendy's kick for a million guy that won the million? <laughs> exactly. And actually, there was old. I saw some videos of former Blue Bomber kicker. Was it Polardi? He was still banging some real long ones too, and he's not that old either. And I don't know whatever happened to him and why he fell out i think the medlock kind of came in around there so i don't know if that was why he's out but yeah he was making some 40 50 yarders but i mean that's also at in a some field with not people running at the game speed yeah but, you know still remember still, hey, if a team goes and picks up paul uh mccallum or goes and picks up bob uh, uh what was his name mclaughlin from uh calgary back in the day then we know that there needs to be some new kickers coming into this league and getting drafted. But, uh, yeah, no, I think we're fine right now. I mean, in Saskatchewan, you got Brett Lowther, who's been just pretty much their rock for a long time. Uh, Edmonton, is it still uh, the beard? What's his name? It's a big beard. Uh, isn't Edmonton? Um, shoot, I just closed out my thing. Um I don't know who you're talking about. Kicker with a big beard? With a really big beard. Or was he a punter? Probably a punter. Probably was a punter. Anyways, um, and then BC, I mean. Hugh, Hugh O'Neill? could draft a kicker. What's that? Hugh O'Neill? Yeah, O'Neal. there we go. Yes. Hugh O'Neill had a huge beard. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Does he still? I don't think he's still in the league, is he? I don't believe so, but I could be wrong. But again, the only guys I could see, BC did have a pretty cruddy kicking game last year. So maybe they pick up a kicker. Uh, they did not have a great season, I think, in the special team side of things. But other than that, yeah, I mean, you don't spend a pile of money on a kicker on a, in draft day. I think that's a pretty much a standard rule for any football draft. Unless it's a global draft, then you pick the first overall pick as a kicker. Right. Yep. All right, let's get into our top five countdown here. West, top five West Division draft picks from the past decade around the CFL. We're going 2013 and onwards have to have been in the West Division at the time of that draft. So, you know, uh, sorry, Joe Mack, your draft brilliance from 2013 does not count. Uh, not that there was any uh, sort in that order. Um, just trying to find the results from our poll on last week's draft here to see uh, see what the final results were here. Um, well, there's still two days left in voting, so this could change around. But Adam uh, in the lead at 54% of the votes. Uh, me in second at 36%. Trey, uh, rough week for you, 9% of the votes only. 
uh, on your uh, on your top five East draft picks. So Adam, let's see if you can uh, see if you're the the draft wizard here, so to say, on the um, on the board here. Uh, let's start off though. Top five West Division draft picks. Uh, Trey, do you have your number five? You want to kick us off? Yeah, first one's because the haters gonna hate, man. You know, I, I, it just it's political. It's political why people don't vote for me, man. But anyway, uh, my number five, I'm gonna go to an individual. He played for Boise State for a couple seasons and then went up to the University of British Columbia. I'm actually surprised how little this guy played, and he retired in 2021. But I think he could have had a longer season, but maybe COVID and the shutdown and some other things played into that. I'm going to go with Taylor Loeffler, uh, drafted in 2016 third round. For what he what he produced for Winnipeg and even Montreal for a couple of years, um, for being a third round, late, you know, third round pick, I, I'm going to give it Taylor Loeffler. And, and, and talent wise, I think he was a lot better than only playing four or five years in this league. He could be a guy that could still be in this league. Um, so off of my criteria talent-wise, I'm going to go with Taylor Loeffler. Adam? Was Adam freezing again? Yeah, my oh, first pick here. First things first, Scott. Yeah, no, I'm reading your messages there, buddy. Uh, yeah, I'm probably freezing, ain't I? Am I? Just give it a, a little bit. It's frozen my side, I think. And Ryan's yeah. muted. Well, maybe I'm back. Chaos. Okay, Chaos. well, I'm going to read it off and see what happens here. Uh, number <laughs> five for me is a guy that. <laughs> we good to go? Am I? Am I yeah. here? Go for it, Adam. Oh, this is painful. I'm going to re-log in. Uh, Ryan, you read yours off while I go and re-log. All right, sounds good. Oh, I'm good to go. Am I? No. Okay. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna remove Adam from here temporarily. Uh, get him to rejoin. Uh, we'll leave his little tag there on the screen till he's ready to go. Um, you know, chaos. I love it. Uh, yeah, he's, he's I, right here. Adam's right here. Adam's right here. He's... Yeah. Perfect. There we go. There we go. I'm not gonna take the graphic off. He'll be right back. Uh, my number five pick, <laughs> perfect. This Trey holds up the Riders' hat. Right. We'll bring we'll bring Adam back in. There he is. He's ready to go. Uh, but I will give my number five pick here while we're waiting. Uh, I've got. I'm sticking with you with Winnipeg. I'm going with Brady Oliveira, drafted round two in 2019, pick 14. Real hard time with my number five slot. Couple of guys I wanted to put in there. I'll get an honorable mentions later, but. Uh, Oliveira was, uh, you know, thousand yards rushing in his first full season. The Bombers had Andrew Harris, one of the best running backs, if not the best running back of the past decade, felt comfortable moving on from him to give the reins to Oliveira last year. He had a thousand yards. I think he's only going to get better here yet. So to me, that was uh, a, a notable draft pick for the team. We just talked about not a ton of Canadian running backs. Uh, I got to give it to Brady Oliveira in this one so that's my number five pick adam you're back in i think hopefully you're good to go here uh trey and taylor Loeffler. i have brady Oliveira. who do you have as your number five on your board can we hear adam so i've got at number five he was a selection in the 2000 i'm here 
You guys there? Yeah. Oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Mike, oh, no. check, check. Anybody? Yeah, you're here. You can hear, you can hear us. Oh, am I falling down every time? No, we can hear you. This is driving me mental. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move out of off the stream till he sorts that out. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get that sorted out here. Uh, in the meantime, I guess we'll just start rattling off our picks. We'll get Adam back, uh, hopefully, here to rattle his off as well. So, what do you have at number four here, uh, Drake? You know, this one might be a little shocking, but in a weird way, Ohio Bobcat. Played a few years down there. Uh, he also played for Holy Trinity High School. I also went to Edgewood, which is in Alabama. I'm talking about the second round draft pick of the 2020 draft, Nathan Rourke. I'd say surprising because probably people are going to say he'd be higher up. He just had too much of a limited time in the CFL, but you can't argue the kid's talent. And BC got, I mean, real lucky with that. And I think you can make the argument. I mean, you can always make the argument, but if he didn't get injured, could you imagine the season he would have had? I think that game in Winnipeg last year would have been different. I'm sure Ryan, even as a Bomber fan, you can agree. If Nathan, as the, uh, I mean, he's the president of the Nathan Rourke uh, Hall of Fame as well. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm going to go with Nathan Rourke. Yeah, Nathan Rourke down at number four. Hey, yeah, that seems, uh, I mean, spoiler alert for some of my picks that uh, when we talked last week, you know, it seemed like we were all super high on him. But then you start going through the draft and some, there's some very good names there on the board as well. Uh, I guess I'll give my number four. Adam's still working on getting back in here. Uh, I'm going over to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I'm going to wide receiver from Guelph University. It's Keon Schaefer Baker, who... Uh, we just talked about earlier, could be that number one breakout receiver for the Riders. 960 yards for him last year in a year where his quarterback spent more time on the ground than upright. Uh, it seemed, uh, I think he's only going to get better. They brought out, a, they got, you know, they changed some of their other receivers around. He got like 16 NFL workouts also. Uh, so that's impressive to me. Uh, Keon Schaefer-Baker, much the same as Brady Oliveira to me, uh, a guy who's had a couple good seasons so far and I think is only going to get better there for him. Uh, Adam, I think, is back. Can you hear us now, Adam? I can hear you guys okay now. So There we go. All right, we got it. Perfect. I had to switch over. I'm on my cell phone now, so yeah. Whatever works. Whatever works. Whatever it takes. So uh, you guys want my number five pick or you guys are where number four, I would imagine? Yeah, we'll get your number five and then your number four. All righty then. Number five, are, I took a first-round pick, uh, fifth overall in 2018. He was selected most outstanding rookie in his first year, uh, an offensive lineman out of the UBC Thunderbird program. It's Dakota Shepley, and also because he played uh, a character in Deadpool. I mean, come on. How can you not pick against him? Uh, so he's had a great career for uh, the two years he was with Saskatchewan. Uh, he, he had a very good season and uh, moved on to uh, the NFL where he's currently with the Indianapolis Colts. So hopefully he, uh, well, stays in the NFL, but if he doesn't, boy, I think Saskatchewan would sure love to have that offensive lineman right now. Uh, number four, I've got a pick from the University of Manitoba. It's another offensive lineman, the first uh, Hugh Minor, the big boys, because they are so important in the Canadian game. Uh, to have them. 
Uh, he picked up again, University of Manitoba, first round, eighth overall pick. It is Jeff Gray of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, he is also had is going to continue having an amazing career, I think, for the Bombers. Um, and definitely going to be relied on heavily this year uh, going forward. So, yeah, that's my number five, number four. All right, uh, we got Adam all caught up here, moving along quickly to keep things moving along here. Let's go to number three on the board tray. Who do you have there? Sticking with the quarterbacks, I'm going to go with this guy. I put this guy a little higher up only because he's going to have more time to prove himself. I'm going with Trey Ford at number three. I really, I really like this kid. If he stays healthy, like, you know, when we look back in five, six, seven years, he's probably going to have more stats than Rourke in this league because I'm pretty sure Rourke's going to stick down south, but you never know. So, you know, looking at that, I, I really think this kid's talented and he wasn't, you know, I don't know. I think Chris Jones will figure something out with him, with, with him and, um, uh, I don't have Loxley, and I'm forgetting Corn Cobb or whatever his name is. Um, um, I, can't, I can't remember Cornelius. Cornelius. There we go. Holy man, I've, it's been too much horse racing, man. I can't think of anything else right now. Um, yeah, I think he'll slot in, and I'm not too high on Cornelius, so I'm sure he'll get some playing time. So yeah, uh, who's up next, Adam? Before your internet cuts out, buddy, let's give you a, give us your, your third. For sure, I already realized I screwed up. I uh, accidentally put Jeff Gray at number four. Uh, I meant to have Nathan Rourke at number four, in all honesty, but that's okay. Uh, you know what? We'll get a co-number four. I'll give Nathan Rourke another shot there. Uh, he has a potential like there's no tomorrow, but it was only one year in the Canadian Football League. Not maybe enough proving time to be the ultimate of ultimates. But my number three pick uh, is out of Weyburn, Saskatchewan. He played for the University of Regina. It was a second overall pick, 16th overall. And in his first year as a rookie, won the Most Outstanding Rookie Award and won the Most Outstanding Offensive Lineman Award. And, of course, drafted by the Calgary Stampeders, it's Brett Jones. Uh, he is an, uh, an amazing, amazing offensive lineman, has had a very good career in the NFL as well. But when he was with the CFL, with, with the Stampeders, how many rookies do you know that would play center right away and go for it, besides out of necessity with Saskatchewan? Uh, nevertheless, he, he great offensive lineman, great center, I, uh, I honestly hope that this guy here decides. You know what? I want to go and strap on the pads one more time, and you know, ends up in a little bit of green. But nevertheless, uh, yeah, my number three was Brett Jones. Well, just to keep things moving along, super quick here. Uh, ditto. Uh, Brett Jones was also my number three for all of the reasons that Adam just mentioned there. Um, let's move over to number two here on the list, and we'll go back to you here, Adam. My number two on the list is a guy from the University of, uh, oh, I heard Guelph already brought up, and I heard the fourth overall, pick 30th overall in 2020. Uh, we've heard of him already. It's Keon Schaefer-Baker, the playmaker. Uh, the guy there has got the opportunity to be a number one receiver, which isn't very common in Canadian football for a Canadian to actually be the number one receiver. Keon Schaefer-Baker checks all the boxes to do it. He had an exceptional year last year. He was the most outstanding Canadian uh, nominee for the Riders. Uh, there's a reason why, because he is a really exceptional running back, or receiver, I should say, and uh, can really do it all. 
He's going to be injured for, for a little bit this first bit of the season after an easy surgery. And you guys all brought up the 16 teams in the NFL that were looking at him. So clearly he knows what he's doing. Yeah, for me, it's Keon Schaefer-Baker, number two. Yeah, with safe time, I have Keon. It's pretty easy why he's there. And he should, if, injury, if he stays healthy, he should be in the NFL, right? So, Ryan, who do you got? You already picked Keon, right? So who do you got, number two? At number two, I've got – I'm going over the defensive side of the ball. I'm going over to the uh, guy who came out of Montana State uh, University College, uh, 2016 first-round pick uh, from the Calgary Stampeders. The guy drafted in the past decade that's probably making the most money out of anybody in the CFL draft, and that is Alex Singleton of the Cal- drafted by the Calgary Stampeders. I mean, this guy was a force to be reckoned with in the CFL. Uh, most outstanding defensive player in the league in 2017, uh, and very few guys that go off and take their shot in the NFL uh, actually stick. And not only has he done that, like we're hearing about Alex Singleton regularly on NFL broadcasts because he is a tackle machine for uh, whoever he, he plays with. You know, he had time with the Philadelphia Eagles this year, I think was with the Denver Broncos, uh, right? So a huge year for Alex Singleton. I don't think anybody's had more success in the NFL, uh, arguably, maybe than since Cam Wake uh, from, you know, coming from the CFL to the NFL. Got to give a nod to Alex Singleton there for me. Uh, and then we get into the number one pick on the board. Uh, Trey, what do you have there? You took him away from me, man, Alex Singleton. Hard to go against him. Um, I, you're, you're right. He makes the most money right now. One of those guys who, you know, he's lucky with that dual citizenship kind of expanded Canadian role because where would he be if we didn't have that, right? Well, he wouldn't have got picked up by us after his brief NFL stint and he probably wouldn't be on Denver right now playing better than Russell Wilson on that team right so um uh, so yeah maybe Singleton should play quarterback he might actually be able to do something there but uh yeah Alex Singleton Adam what about you well I wanted to put Alex Singleton on my list too here somewhere but uh he got an honorable mention for me and the only reason is is because I look at him as a guy that's always been an NFL player and I mean, Calgary, you did an awesome job of drafting him and you did a good job of playing him for the year or so that you had two years, maybe I think it was that they had him uh, three years. Okay. So three years. And I mean, he was a dominant player. I mean, there's no question about it. That being said, the first opportunity he had, he went to the NFL and I shouldn't hold it against him. I mean, I had uh, a guy like uh, Dakota Shepley on my list that did the same thing. So you know what? It was debatable for me to put Shepley or uh, Singleton on that list in that spot. I went with Shepley uh, just because I think there's a potential that he could come back and still like the CFL on fire. She- uh, Singleton, he's going to be an NFL guy. He's an NFL guy from now on in, and he was one of the one of the best. And I mean, uh, but that being said, my number one pick, uh, he was drafted in 2015 by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I should add. Uh, he was a, uh, where am I looking here? Because I don't want to screw up again. First round, sixth overall pick uh, from the University of Manitoba. I'm going with Nick Dembski. The guy there has been just an all-star since coming to the league. I was one of those guys that was just absolutely crushed when he went over 
to Winnipeg. I knew he was probably going to go because he was a bomber or from U of M, from Winnipeg. I mean, you got to expect it. But, man, I mean, the guy's done so much. He's won two great cups for the Bombers. Uh, that can never be taken away from him. And, I mean, they they broke that long streak. He was the great cup MVP in 21. Uh, he's been breaking uh, – he's been go- – just anytime you need a big catch, there's Nick Dempsey uh, for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, he wasn't used much in Saskatchewan when he was there, but you know what? He, he was ready to go until he got injured in 2017. I know Labor Day, he got hurt that time. I think it was foot or something rather. But nevertheless, um, yeah, mine was Nick Dembski. And I think that's more of also still has so much potential left in him uh, to play some more big, big games for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I'm hoping not against Saskatchewan, but, you know, against any other team. All right, so you've got your number one locked in. For me, I think I'm the last one left here at number one. I've got a guy who uh, was drafted in 2020. Only 11 starts in the CFL. Uh, Maybe all he has, maybe not one day in the future, but he is off to the NFL right now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Took the league by storm and was the most outstanding Canadian future member of the CFL Hall of Fame, if I have any say in the matter. Nathan Rourke goes at number one on the list here for me. And up until like a few minutes ago, I had Alex Singleton at one and Nathan Rourke at number two for me. Uh, But then the main thing I started thinking about is which player here had the biggest impact on future drafts. It's probably Nathan Rourke in terms of future Canadian talent in the CFL. Nobody uh, has been talked about more, I think, than Nathan Rourke over the past two seasons uh, in the CFL circles. And you know, now we're talking about future Canadian quarterbacks and seeing the impact he has on there. So it was a heck of a season. I wish it would last longer in the CFL. Unfortunately, he's probably holding the clipboard over in Jacksonville this year. Uh, but the season he had was one to remember. And I think it's going to, I think it made the biggest impact on future draft prospects out of any of these guys on the list. So that's why I put Nathan Rourke at number one on my list. Can I make an argument to that? Sure. I'm only going to say Nathan um, Singleton because uh, the re- the rules briefly changed just before him that included that he was Canadian. So I think that extra border of what is Canadian has changed future drafts more than what Nathan Rourke did. But that's my only argument. And the other thing you got to look at too is how many Canadian linebackers are there now in the CFL? Yeah. Yeah. But how I many think, Canadian yeah. quarterbacks are we seeing in the CFL five, ten years from now? Yeah. Probably not nearly as many as the linebackers, but. No. Yeah, oh, I see where you're coming from. I just, it's that's tough because, like, yeah, that changing of that Canadian rule back then probably also led to the changing of the naturalized Canadian now, right? You know, they're expanding what is Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, whatever. And also, fun fact, Singleton had uh, tied for second most solo tackles in an NFL game. That's insane at 19. That's in real time for second all time. And the guy who's only been in the league three years, you know, wow. Undrafted. Yeah, Yeah, but Nick Dembski. (laughs) I mean... I, I couldn't give it to him. I don't know. He's just, he's, I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's take a look at what we do have <laughs> on the list here and see if anybody's got any honorable mentions here. 
uh, let me switch over the screen overlay here. Um, starting off with my list, I've got Nathan Rourke at number one, Alex Singleton two, Brett Jones at three, Keon Schaefer-Baker at four, Brady Oliveira at five. Uh, Taylor Loeffler is an honorable mention for me as well. Uh, you know, fantastic couple of seasons, I think, an all-star for three years in a row, and injuries kind of took away his career from him, which sucked to see. Uh, almost had him on my list. Uh, a couple of other guys I looked at, uh, Shane Bergman, sixth-round pick from Calgary, number of good years on the offensive line there. Kwaku Boateng for Edmonton, looked like a really promising prospect, missed all of last season due to injury. Uh, when he went over to Ottawa, we'll see what he does with Hamilton this year. And I didn't put Nick Dembski on my list, uh, even though he's doing a fantastic job with the Bombers, because he didn't really have any of his strong breakouts with the Riders. And that, to me, was kind of a requirement. Uh, did these guys make an impact for the team that drafted them, not did they make an impact with a future team there? Uh, Trey, you've got Alex Singleton, Keon Schaefer-Baker, Trey Ford, Nathan Rourke, and Taylor Loeffler. Uh, any honorable mentions come up or any notable omissions for you? Mm, no, I, I wanted to put the uh, Jalen Philpot just because I put his brother on last week, but I couldn't fit him in. Um, Jeff Gray was a good one from Adam that he kind of mentioned. Same with Shepley. Other than that, I, I don't feel Dembski Oliveira really fit on this list. And I, I have a tough time with O'Lyman. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's because there's no stat. You know, there's no stat really. So it's hard to put them on. And I probably owe a o lineman that I missed a lot more credit. Adam, you've got Nick Dembski. You've got Keon Schaefer-Baker, Brett Jones, Nathan Rourke, and Dakota Shepley in your top five here. Uh, you also mentioned Jeff Gray earlier on. Uh, he was an honorable mention there. Uh, who do you have uh, else in that category? Yeah, so I mean, Alex Singleton, obviously, I talked about him a little bit earlier. Uh, another guy that I actually wanted to put on my list was Mike Adam. Uh, he has gotten a lot of serviceable games for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, ever since he was drafted there. Uh, by He was a UFC uh, draft pick. And, uh, you know, he's maybe not the most talented guy on the field, but you know what? The amount of games that they've gotten out of him and serviceable games that the Riders have gotten out of that guy – I mean, he has been a uh, great, great addition for that team. And I mean, there's not too many free safeties that you find as a, uh, as a uh, what do you call it, Canadian. So he was one guy I had on my list. Taylor Loeffler was another one for sure. Uh, I think that uh, he may be a little too soon retired, but hey, he did make an impact on the league. And uh, the only other one that I had on here, I mean, I just had an honorable mention also to Mitch Picton out of Saskatchewan. The, the guy there just had to work for everything. And, uh, yeah, he's seeing some results there in Saskatchewan now. Uh, is he going to be one of these guys that will be on this list someday? Who knows? Hopefully. Oh, God, we got to do this again next year? No way, man. <laughs> I don't know. Is a lot going to change? I guess a lot could change in a year, maybe. I think we'll, I think mean... we'll find a new top five. <laughs> We're going to have to rehash them eventually. We'll run out of topics. But, uh, yeah, anyways, that's the top five for this week. Uh, go check out social media posts in the next couple of days uh, and vote on those uh, on whose list you agree with the most there or let us know in the YouTube comments, anywhere else. 
Uh, you can find us on social media and stuff like that. Uh, let's get into wrapping this up here, guys, for this week. Uh, we'll be back again next week uh, to touch on recapping the draft. The draft is Tuesday night next week. We will be live Wednesday night, same time, same place, 9.30 uh, Central Daylight Time. I think that's what it is in Winnipeg right now. Um, adjust to your other time zones accordingly. It's 8.30 Adam's time. I know that. Um, the place with the land, uh, time stand still. Yeah, time zones are confusing. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at CF Countdown Pod. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod. Uh, stay tuned for some exciting announcements coming perhaps in the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, you know, we've been uh, talking about uh, and looking at possible ways to improve our engagement and interaction between episodes as well. Uh, so look forward to some more news on that. I've been working on a couple things there. Uh, check out all the other great shows around the Canadian Football Podcast Network at CF Pod Network. If you want to follow me on Twitter, find me at CooperTrooper42 there. Uh, you can find Mike at Mike Garrell uh, if you want to check out his thoughts on things. Uh, let's go to you, Trey. Where can people find everything you've got going on? Uh, you can find me at Twitter at Trey Harness Link. Uh, just usually annoying horse racing stuff, maybe a little bit of Blue Jays, a little bit of UFC. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I got my other horse racing podcast Wednesdays at oh, yeah, time zones because I, t- I always announce it at East, I guess one central. And on Saturdays, it's 10 a.m. We talk about fun things like today. I talked about how a horse caller in Toronto, who's a big Boston fan, blew it. He said Toronto, a horse named Toronto won, and he made a joke about it. And then right after, the Leafs score four in a row. So that was fun to talk about. Uh, there was a collaboration done by a, a, a harness racing brand. They teamed up with uh, Muhammad Ali's estate. And Muhammad Ali was actually a big harness racing fan back in the day. And what else did I talk about? Oh, I, I kind of wanted your guys' opinion on this, but we'll talk about it later. But a track in the States, uh, they canceled due to rain, but they put up on the – or thunder and rain, and they put up on the board blaming the drivers, saying driver's refusal uh, causing this cancellation. So mm. some shots fired there. Yeah, could you imagine if those those six, seven-hour Blue Bomber games, that's what the CFL put up? The players are refusing to play, you know? So if you want to see me rant and talk about that, check that out on my Twitter and Facebook. Adam, man, were you doing some calf and stuff today, were you saying? Yeah, I had some cows, calf. Uh, yeah, they, uh, I think I got one that has a, a little bit of a problem. It, uh, it don't like me so much. Let's put it that way. That's the nicest way of saying it, and that's what we'll move on from. But, hey, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at AdamSword1. Uh, either I'm on there going and trying to entice Jesse Pollock from TSN to make a bet with me, or I'm probably taking pictures of cattle, or I've got seeding pictures coming up probably pretty soon, I would think, uh, within the next couple of days. So seeding uh, cattle, annoying Jets fans, you know, whatever I need to do. Although, I guess I can't really talk very much because I just looked at the score of the current game uh, going on right now. Maybe I better be a little quieter than I usually should be. But yeah, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at Adam Stewart One. Also, you can follow Mike Garrell. Uh, follow our buddy Mike there at Mike Garrell. He's always got probably some post about the Jets or the Leafs, even though he has no team. Our horse. Yeah, no, no horse in the race. No horse in the race. But this is his horse right here, like just trotting along, winning every other night, man. Yeah. 
Um, Adam, Adam, you're once again out here. You, you keep making these Twitter bets about the Jets. Uh, you made one. They didn't, where you said you'd wear a Jets jersey if they won in less than six. They obviously cannot do that. So you were very excited you didn't have to go buy a Jets jersey. And then you went back and made another bet with Jesse Pollock from Bar Down again today. Like, just admit it. You just want... Just buy a Jets jersey if you want to that badly. That you're making all these. You can bets. have mine, man. I'll just give it to you at this point. Like I, I, I'm almost tempted to say if the uh, if the uh, scary thing happens here and somehow the Kraken, uh, you know, take down the Avalanche, I might just go get a Maple Leaf jersey just to mess with everybody. Oh, great. <laughs> that um... is if they make it through the first round, which is definitely uh, still up in the air. Even if oh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, I don't think the Lightning are winning in three anymore, though. With Aaron Ryan, it's still possible. Trust me, it's gonna. I happen. mean, I'll I'll give the Lightning a better chance at three in a row than the Jets. Right? Oh no, three know. three in total. It's uh, they're winning the entire series in three. I'm not the logistics guy here. That's for somebody else to figure out. <laughs> when a game goes to like quadruple overtime, and the league just says this is worth game six and seven right here. So no, that's how you get it. They've been there in uh, 2020 or 2021. Tampa Columbus went to six overtimes or something oh, like right. that. So. Three games in a night. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Anyways, let's get into wrapping it up here. Uh, as I mentioned, as we mentioned, follow us on all these different places. Stay tuned for announcements to come out on them as well. Next week, we're recapping the draft. Uh, thanks for everybody who tuned in and joined us live here tonight. Thanks for tuning in after the fact. If you do so as well, uh, whatever podcast platform you listen on, we appreciate it if you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends. Help us grow the show. Always appreciate that. Enjoy the CFL draft, everybody. On behalf of our panel here this evening, uh, Trey and Adam, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.